Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. Hey, you guys. I'm so excited for today's conversation. I am sitting down with the amazing Hilary Spendo. She is my client care coordinator. She is our community leader. She is just a phenomenal person. Hillary is a natural health educator and a student at the Naturopathic Institute of Therapies and Education, and that is where she and I met. She started her natural health and intentional healing journey when a spinal cord injury, now lovingly called a spinal cord healing, became part of her life and initially left her paralyzed in August of 2013. Looking for more than what allopathic medicine had to offer, she knew she had to start seeing her healing journey wholly, not just as rehabilitation of the physical body. She's dedicated to digging for root causes and peeling back healing challenges collected over a lifetime. She has never looked back and is inspired to hold space for change, hope, and healing in others. Hillary lives on the west side of Grand Rapids, Michigan with her husband and pup, although you'll hear from her. She is in a new location right now. When she's not studying or reading up on all things natural health and spiritual emotional healing, you'll find her walking her neighborhood and moving her body any way she can, co-creating delicious and nourishing meals with her husband, or soaking up time with friends and family. Hillary has such a deep passion for people, and she absolutely loves being part of this community and serving and just talking to her. It's like we could just, you know, talk about a million things. Uh, because we just have so much in common and so many places that we can go, and she's just such an amazing light to this world. So I hope you enjoy. Cannot wait to hear from you and Hillary as well. All right, bye, guys. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. We are here today with Hillary. Hillary, I'm so excited to welcome you back to the show. It's been a bit. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back. Oh, so give us an update since they haven't talked to you in a, in a little bit. Well, the fams, of course, are in constant contact with you, but <laughs> in general, for everyone listening, uh, just to kind of know, like, things have changed for you, like, big time. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, right now I am sitting at my computer recording this podcast with you in the middle of some Colorado mountains. Mm. <laughs> my husband and I took off uh, for five months to come live out here while he pursued a career in uh, holistic nourishment. So he's going to a very uh, nutrition-minded personal chef certificate program and learning all about how to make delicious food and how to serve people in that way. And I am sitting here in the mountains still working with you 
eating that delicious food <laughs> and um, sort of doing the same thing, but through my, through my own lens. I have to tell you, so her husband and her did came on to the Fierce Empowered Mama in the, their Facebook group to teach a live class together. And Hillary, it was so amazing to see you guys. Like you are a power couple and <laughs> like, I am, I'm getting chilled up and teary just even like saying this, like, but I had never seen you guys like that, both in that, under that spotlight, like in this work, in this passion, unified in this message. And it was so powerful. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were both buzzing afterwards. It was such a experience of a flow state. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but um, yeah, it was such an experience of flow state. We we're both just hitting our stride. So this little trip out here has just been nothing short of just amazing, just buzzing it at all. So it's really cool to hear, hear people say that. I know a lot of fans were like, oh my gosh, you guys are just glowing. And it's <laughs> when you find, when you find that clip in your step, it's yeah, it's such a great feeling. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. And what I love is, you know, I, I, I knew that he was going to school and I knew that he was pursuing this, but what is so incredible is how aligned it is to the way in which we were both trained nature and in the school of naturopathy and just how aligned it is in the way that we teach friends like the school couldn't does it seems like it couldn't be more aligned to it the is so incredible we had a insane snowstorm out here a couple of days ago and one of the classes that he did they actually sent the students home so that they could uh, listen to class via zoom and I was working and I heard the owner of his school doing the lecture and they have a lecture once a week on body systems and and things like this and kind of teaching them how the body works and the nutrients and where to find them in food. And I was having a hard time working because she reminded me very much of our mentor, Dr. Baker. And um, yeah, it was super exciting. We were like, you know, Mason and I get to sit at dinner now and just sort of go down rabbit holes all the time. That is amazing. That yeah. Is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I know we're going to go many, many different places today, but how this all came to be when I was like, Hey, why don't you just come on the show and we'll, we'll chat is you had sent me a class that you had recently written or a presentation that you'd put together. And it had a lot to do with um, hormones and metabolism, specifically under stress. And I thought we could touch on some of these areas today because clearly stress is, you know, the elephant in everyone's home right now. It is something that is here. And we have been dealing as a society with chronic stress for a while now, even though we're, you know, we are not in the times of, you know, uh, being chased by tigers and lions, but yet we are operating very much in this state. And right now people are so rigid. They're so afraid, even, even though they're not expressing this, but they're tapped in to that fear. And the other part that I find fascinating is that they're also in denial about this. And so there is this cascade, you know, of events that happens when we have this stress in our lives. And I would just love for you to talk about like, you know, you, you went down this rabbit hole, like how did this even come about? Why did you put together this presentation and what did you learn? Like what were the big parts? Yeah. So for me, I really put together this presentation um, because since my 
last cleanse. <laughs> uh, I know we're probably going to talk about the cleansing circle in this conversation, but I did a really amazing cleanse in the fall of last year. And I hit a really special stride with food afterwards and my relationship with food. Um, and so I was really riding that. And then a few months ago, I started to get some perioral acne. And that is acne around your your mouth, um, chin area. And it was seemingly really hormonal to me. And I really started diving into... Um, the work of Dr. Ray Pete and pro-metabolic eating. And um, I was thinking about retracing and I was thinking about this perioral acne and thinking about nourishment and thinking about food. And the last time I had experienced per- perioral acne was when I was really healing in a major way from disordered eating. And I saw this perioral acne as a symptom retracing. And that is moving through layers of healing that we may have experienced in the past um, in order to heal them in a way that helps them to move out of the body. And I really started to look at stress, like you mentioned, in this stress state in a way that um, felt empowered to me, sort of seeing my hand in it, um, my responsibility in it. And I realized that a lot of the stress I was experiencing in my body and this perioral acne particularly was coming from a a pattern of undernourishment and undereating and kind of having a weird relationship with food, not on purpose, but it just sort of started rearing its head again. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I really spoke to, I really kind of needed to dig into this and understand why this was happening in order to make this shift in my brain and sort of sort of start healing that process because I am a researcher where I need to know like why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just sort of helps to lift up the whole experience for me. So to dig into this this class, um, yeah, when you are undernourished and you're under eating, your body really starts to sense that stress um, of fuel not coming in. And it lowers your metabolism by suppressing your thyroid function. And then a whole cascade of things happen. So your adrenals have to pick up the slack for the under-functioning thyroid to get those thyroid hormones made and out into the body. And then the slowing of the metabolism and everything subsequent after that means every cell in the body has to work harder. And the next thing that happens is cortisol is produced. And everybody knows that. It's like the dreaded stress hormone that you know, maybe, maybe makes you put on weight or whatever context that is that people have. And, um, cortisol actually serves us in a lot of ways, but also when we begin to run on it, it, it makes everything fall apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really what this class was about. And gosh, I feel like I sort of lost my train of thought there. (laughs) I don't want to go too far and like lose people. So No, I think this is so important because I work with a lot of clients, you know, for, for a little bit there, I mean, I was a pretty strong advocate of intermittent fasting. Yeah. Really loved it because I love the intention of creating space for our body to do some, do the work that it's supposed to do. And for a lot of people, this can be really beautiful. But what I found was that there were more people than not 
who were not in a great place to do this work in this way and or they say that they are that they intermittent fast but really what that means is they're lazy and i say that with love because they it does they don't really like to eat breakfast but that does not mean that they're not breaking the fast so they may have like a handful of this or a handful of that but mm. it's fasting and so the body's literally on this unintentional roller coaster ride and i and i love that because you you speak you mean this is essentially what you're speaking to is we have, we start playing with cortisol in a way that we don't really want to play with. Right. Yeah. It's definitely important in context, but when it starts to, when we start to run on it slowly, solely, that's where we run into issues. And it's so, yeah, the, the point you made about intermittent fasting and quote unquote lazy in a loving way is it's, it can be quite hard on the body too, even in a state where people are following the guidelines. I, you know, and I think that there's always space. I don't think there's hard lines in yes. healing journeys like this ever, but there's a lot of evidence, especially for women and men that intermittent fasting, um, when you're in this stress state, when you are asking a lot of your body, when you are running on cortisol, what, excuse me, cortisol, when you are asking a lot of your liver, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. Um, we as women have a hormone cycle that is extremely different from men. We have a hormone cycle that's, you know, on average 28 days long and men have a hormone cycle that's one day long, (laughs) 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And so it works really well for men, but not necessarily for women because our nutrition needs and our mineral needs, all of this changes in the course of a month and not really in the course of a day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a big part of what, what I was learning too. Um, when I was diving down this hole of stress and how much we ask of the body and what happens when we ask too much. Well, and at the same time too. So we also are living in a in a society. Wow, man, we're both on it today. <laughs> in a society where things like, having excessive coffee to get through the day is something that is widely common and widely accepted. Like that's totally fine. Like if you need to have a pot of coffee a day, I mean, I am often the first person who's ever poo-pooed someone's coffee, you know, even though they intuitively know that they're overdoing it, right? That they're doing too much because coffee can be beautiful. Like we talk about this all the time. Coffee can be beautiful, but it also can be really abused because we start our day with it and then we may not eat until two o'clock. You know, we're suppressing our appetite and then we're eating. And so we're just running on what I call fake energy all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's a really big deal. I know I <laughs> I was talking to my husband earlier and I was talking about drinking coffee on an empty stomach on, you know, without food or, or simply just using that to stimulate, um, you know, stimulate that energy that you would get from nourishment Mm -hmm. that you would get from food and you, you just don't run on thin air. And Mm -hmm. so when you're asking your body to do that, um, it's a lot. And the, the thing that takes over is the liver. The thing that has to work the hardest when you do that is the liver. And, um, it suffers in a big way. I mean, I would love for you to speak a little bit more about this. And 
And if, and if you're like, skip that question, skip that question. But I just want to really like dig into this because there's a lot of people, right. That also, um, okay. For, so first of all, let's just say that there's more people than not that are dealing with some sort of adrenal communication, which as we just identified is not just the adrenals at play. There's a whole lot more at play here. And I always talk about in my programs and any of the things that I offer, I always say something like one plus one doesn't equal two because we're so trained to say, well, I just have a thyroid problem, but other than that, I'm good. But we know there's nothing isolated in the body and everything is connected. So even if you're managing something with, with pharmaceuticals, there's still something there for you, right? There's still a healing story that has to happen. And it's a journey that you go on. This thyroid just didn't go out of balance. There was a whole lot of communication before that. Yeah. But we have, okay, so then we have people that we know are their adrenals are suffering, but yet they want to lose weight. I mean, no matter mm. what, weight loss is still, it's still a very dreamy thing. It's still very intense. Yeah. We want to be in a balanced state. Mm-hmm. And so then they read, you know what? I'm going fa- to work out fasted because that's the best way for fat loss. That's the best way for fat loss. I'm going to work out fasted. And you know what? In order to get the most of my workout, I'm going to do a pre-workout drink or I'm going to drink a espresso, espresso shot or I'm going to have a cup of coffee and then I'm going to work out. What might be happening in that situation? So, I mean, we're going to bring cortisol into the conversation again. Um, in situations like that, because you're not giving your body glucose, which is I know that there's a lot out there and this is a whole other conversation about keto being or ketones being the body's or brain's optimal, optimal fuel. Um, like I said, that's a whole other conversation, but, um, for workouts and things like this and daily activities, like the cells need glucose. And so when we aren't giving it form of forms of nourishment at all, and we're doing the coffee and the energy drinks or the, the pre-workouts, we are running on cortisol and, like we were saying, cortisol is really, it's great for keeping the body going and we do need it in context. But when we're running on it too long, when it comes to the main source of our energy, it really comes at a cost of breaking down our own muscles, tendons, and glands. Mm -hmm. And that is not something we want to do, especially, I mean, in the context of working out. Um, You do really want to be breaking muscle while breaking down muscle while trying to build it. Uh, Those two things seem counterintuitive to me, but, um, yeah. So after that, it really becomes a conversation of the liver also. So a lot of people think that the liver is just a filter and that is wrong. The liver is also actually our metabolic regulator. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a battery pack for the body. Mm -hmm. And one of the liver's main jobs is to maintain our blood sugar levels. So it does this by storing glucose as glycogen for later use, and we get the glucose from food that we eat. And when we aren't eating, we don't refuel the liver with glycogen, which is that stored glucose. So in a happy liver's world, uh, we are able to run off the glycogen that has stored for us from the food that we fed our bodies. And in a sad liver's world, the remember like cortisol that we're talking about, the breaking down of muscles, tendons, glands to produce sugar, the liver has to take over that responsibility. And it's super, super taxing. It's, it's, 
So for women specifically, when that happens, when we're asking this, our liver to, we're not giving it fuel to do its job. And then we're asking it to do this big job of essentially eating our body, eating our tendons, muscles, glands, and all these things. Um, it also can't do the filtering that we know it for. It can't filter the estrogen. It can't filter all, all these things that we're meant to get rid of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it really just creates, it creates a mess. It, it wreaks havoc on the entire system. <laughs> and for me, that was really important to understand why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why this, I mean, I was intermittent fasting for a really long time. And, and the big reason um, why this became prevalent for me is because it really works for my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, intermittent fasting, and he's the cook in our house. Like I mentioned, he loves to cook for us, and he makes us beautiful food. But because we, he was in charge of that, I was on his eating cycle, and my hormone cycle started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So that's really what made me arrive here. Um, and then, of course, it sort of triggered those other layers because nothing is ever just a linear story. Yes. It triggered those other layers of you know that disordered eating and. We had a relationship with food and all of a sudden I have this package of beautiful information in front of me to figure it all out. <laughs> I I love how you say that because that's often what we get. We get this package, we get this gift, and it's like, are are you gonna are you gonna open me? I'm here. <laughs> What's in here? Um, but I I was the same. I mean, intermittent fasting worked for me really well when I was not really stressed. Yeah. And when I, you know, took the leap and stepped into this, I was in such denial about how stressed I was. And then hindsight, I'm like, I was so stressed. I was so stressed. Like I, I finally feel like in, in such a better place, but you know, we, we often, I, that's why it's so, I can so relate to my clients who are testing high stress and they, and they can't see it because I know that I was there. It was for me to see it. There's also a lot of information out there too. And this is, it can be quite confusing because um, there's this point in fasting, at least for me personally, in a day where if I go long enough, if I push through that hunger a little bit, I feel I feel great. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm flying. And the reason for that is because your body has kicked on those fight or flight hormones. You've got adrenaline pumping because it puts your body, it does put your body in a fight or flight state if you're stressed, like you were saying before, if you're already stressed. And so you feel great because your body is like trying to get you through. It's giving you this adrenaline to start pumping through your blood. And so people who are in a stressed state and and it's confusing because the people who are in a stressed state where this type of fasting doesn't work for them they're like, but it feels so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that feel good, even though surface wise, it, it might feel good. It's contributing to the problem in a, a deeper way, kind of digging the whole, mm-hmm. digging the hole deeper. Yes. And, and an easy way to know if this is you is if, if you are seeing the rewards of your efforts, you mm. know, your body is responding in a way that you're looking, I mean, there's so many times that 
we as humans will be in the cycle because we read it into what should be working. But even though as we do it, it's not working, we're not actually seeing the results, but it should be working. So then we continue to do it. And then we just continue to have a bigger issue. And so you might actually gain weight around your midsection. You Mm -hmm. might actually crash a lot harder, a lot faster midday. There's something, there's something to be said about the midday crash too. We should talk about that. Um, your periods might become a little louder, a little louder communication around that. I mean, there's so many other communications that, you know what, actually you, you have a great list. Let's talk about your list. When the body moves into that just to survive state, what do we see? What are those things? So yeah, we start to see the weight retention that you talked about, um, like around the midsection and there's a couple of reasons for this. One is to store energy for later because the body's like, this person is not going to feed me. <laughs> so I need to have this and keep it for later. And then, um, uh, wow, I lost my train of thought for a second. We'll, we'll move on to the next one. Um, and then you, we have see absent periods or extremely painful periods and the many variations of ovarian and uterine distress thereafter. So we see the P- PCOS, we see the endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Essentially what happens is the body doesn't need to re- reproduce in a fight or flight state. So it stops giving love to those areas, um, which is sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. like breaks my whole heart. Yes. Um, we start to see hair loss and loss of muscle tone and degradation of skin health, uh, insulin resistance. We see volatile mood swings and emotional states. And that's more so commentary on the internal terrain and not necessarily what other people think you're going through. Yeah. Um, we see the poor quality of sleep and then digestion really starts to fall apart like mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this list could go on and on and on because depending on what, where you are in your health and what is knocking on the door to manifest, it could look like that. So it could look like a lot of different things and look differently, but like this covers, this covers a whole lot of those main things that we are all very much in tune to, right? We are in tune to, you know, do we feel heavier? You know, do we feel like we're just holding on to fluids? Do we feel like we're gaining weight, even though we're doing the right things? Is our, we are, is our hair thinning? How's our skin looking? Yeah. How's our emotional stability? You know, all this stuff. And all of these things are rather big communications, in my opinion. Like, you know, these are the big discomforts that people ask about and say, what could be going on with me when I see these things? And this is when we really start to, we're in a position where we need to have this conversation of this cascade of things where we have to really peel back the layers. And this kind of goes back to the weight loss comment. Um, you know, people that's, that is one of the most enticing, Mm -hmm. enticing reasons to get healthy, but it's often one of the last things that we experience, not all the time, but it's not often what our body needs first and foremost. So it really becomes a, it really becomes a situation for all these loud communications that we kind of have to work from the, or in reverse order, Herring's law, right? Like we have to peel back those layers. And sort of address, like, is it something as simple as I need to feel my body? (laughs) I need to get really intentional about fueling my body every single day. Yes. And sometimes that's exactly where you start. What would be 
an ideal, uh, obviously individuality is very sacred in our world, but in just general, as it relates to women's health, might what might be a beautiful schedule if she wants to fit in a workout as part of her day? What might this look like? So that is actually, I mean, you can make a workout, in my opinion, from my own research, you can really make a workout work for you at any point in the day. I'm not really sure if that's what you're asking, but it's really going to be dependent on making sure that you have fuel to do it. Yeah. So if you're somebody who, and so, and then we speak, sorry, let me back up a little bit, that you have fuel to do it. That's the most important thing I think. And then it's just going to depend on what you eat. So you want to be in the window of having fuel. And if you are somebody who just had a a nice carby proteiny snack, you can work pretty shortly after having that. And the more fat that you have, the slower your digestion is in that meal. So you're going to want more space between eating or a snack or whatever. But I, I really just like to plan a workout around, I like a morning workout, mm-hmm. but I don't see there's anything wrong with the evening workout as long as you're fueling, um, in my opinion. I don't know if that, if that's where you're, if you stand, but. I'm so fascinated with this idea that we have this psychological repair between the hours of two and 6 PM. And I think that can be such a beautiful, I mean, I love the morning workout. I think that's a beautiful way to start your day. Obviously having that eight hours of sleep. Um, there's such a small percentage of people that can actually get away with having less sleep than that. But let's say we have that sleep. And then I love that idea of that window being part of that because there's something so, you know, profound about moving your body that activates that release and repair and download. I mean, it's, I mean, it's also a great time to meditate and go for a walk and, you know, spend time in nature. But I just like, when we look at the, the adrenals, you know, wanting to be in bed, you know, from 10 and, and repairing and regenerating until that 2am and then having that next repair during the day. It's like, what are we doing in those windows? Well, for a lot of people, they might stay up until 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and then that two to six might be working, uh, deadlines, heavy traffic, you know, getting dinner around stressfully. Like it, it may not be a place where they're actually having the space to, to release, to let go, yeah. to move, you know, to breathe. That's such a good point. Like those windows actually tend to be the most stressful windows for a lot of people these days. Yes. Myself and included sometimes. I'm not. <laughs> even getting on our phone at 10 o'clock or, you know, I talked about in the last podcast, you know, um, there's a lot of series that that are, you know, they're very stimulating. They're very um, activating to our nervous system in terms of, you know, doom and gloom or, you know, danger, danger or boom, 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 whatever that looks like. And it all adds up. It's not like there's one thing, like you do this one thing and you're going to be good together. It's like all the things add up on the negative and all the things add up on the positive. It all matters to a degree. Yeah. It's all compounding. Compounding. That is the word I'm looking for. Yes, it is all compounding. Um, And so I'd rather compound the good. You know, it's like 
it's like the compound effect is the story about the penny, you know, that doubles and doubles. And, you know, it's like, it just, it happens before you know it. And that is also true with the good. Like we like focusing on that. And so if there's little tweaks that we can make to optimize our health, shifting how we, when we eat and what we eat is a really great place to start. Yeah. Well, and more than any of that, you know, yes, I fully agree with that statement. But my intention, at least with with this personal, this presentation I made that we have in front of us, this sort of personal venture, I really find that those tweaks, when they're made with intention and presence, are the most freeing things I can do for myself. Because then it becomes not a chore or a punishment of being like, well, shit, I was on my phone past 10 p.m. It gives the power back to me that this is an an intentional choice. You know, it's not really a list of things like I must do this, I must do this, I must do this. Like I'm doing these things for myself, like as an act of self-love and not not, um, things that I can check in and see if I've done them wrong if that makes sense. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. Like every time I enhance my self-care or what I'm doing and I feel like I'm able to do more now or I, 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 I've created the time now to do more and when you do more, you have more time to do more and it just looks differently. But like every time I calibrate up, it also invites me to fine tune and I love the fine tuning. It's it's just like, ooh, this actually didn't feel so good. I'm actually going to try this tomorrow. And it's it's like you said, it's from that place of love. And it's from that place of freedom of like, just these little fine tuning can bring us so much power. Because we are the ones in charge. We're the ones doing the fine tuning. Mm-hmm. The fine tuning, I have to say, is, yeah, one of my favorite parts also. So beautiful. Okay. So... We have, um, so, okay, so for our coffee drinkers and wanting to bring in coffee into our life, what have you found to be true as, as the best place to, to work with coffee, um, how to work it in so it's, it's really not a burden to your body? So I am working with coffee right now, too. <laughs> I just, I go through phases with it. Um, and I also, I like to experiment. Mm-hmm. But all the research that I have found, you know, is, is great. And the literature I found, I'm going to share that, but I, the best data I found is what, like what I use on myself and the data that I collect on myself has to come through an honest lens, right? (laughs) Especially with coffee. But, um, so I never, ever, 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 amen, (laughs) drink coffee black on an empty stomach ever. And that's hard for me because black coffee is like my favorite mm-hmm. tasting thing ever, but I don't do it. Um, so there's a couple of things that I like to do if I drink coffee. And one is to get just like a really good coffee, like organic, mm-hmm. um, tested for molds. Like that's really important too, especially if you're somebody who is, you know, working through that type of healing scenario. Um, and then I have it with a big breakfast. Usually I have it with a second breakfast. (laughs) So I have like, I have breakfast like a half hour after waking up or an hour, like within that window. And then I have another breakfast like two and a half-ish hours later. And it usually is a couple of really 
donkey eggs with a carb and maybe a meat item. And then I have coffee and I usually put lots of good milk or cream in it with some maple syrup, maybe a scoop of collagen, maybe an extra egg yolk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there's lots of food that come with that because it's what we were saying before. If you don't have enough fuel that you're putting into your body with the coffee, you're essentially asking your body to run on nothing. Mm -hmm. And so the coffee can be used as a really beautiful metabolism energy producing thing, but it has to be in concert with with nourishment that you're putting inside your body. Um, so yeah, I, I think the way that I've found it works best for me is a second morning pick me up with lots and lots and lots of nourishing food. (laughs) So, so they could have their coffee black, but just always have it with a meal. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. You could do that for sure. And did you do any, um, and you don't, we don't talk about this, but in terms of just like, let's say somebody says, well, I, would like to wake up, drink my water, work out, and then have my breakfast. I mean, that'll be really dependent on that'll be really dependent on who you are and what kind of stress state you're in because it's important to also sort of I know and you and I have talked about this in the past uh, being objective with stress and what it is. It's not necessarily a bad or a good thing but it's literally anything that your body has to recover from or come back into balance from. And so even exercise is stress Mm -hmm. and it depends on who you are and where you're at. If you're somebody who is in a stressed out state, I would highly suggest that you don't have to have a big breakfast, but get a snack in, Mm -hmm. Eat, eat an apple and a piece of cheese or, you know, something quick before you start that workout, because ultimately it will serve you. And, um, yeah, it'll ultimately serve you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I have found to be true with fine tuning. How I work with clients is that if, if they truly are, if there's no communication from their adrenals or from stress or from their liver, like if they're like good, there's really no, like they could work out, you know, and, and, and thrive. If they're in a thriving state, they can work out anytime and thrive. But it's when there is that imbalance already that we're just so protective. We're just become so such fierce protectors of, okay, we are really, really working to restore balance in your body and to stop that cascade of events and reverse, right? Like let's heal. And so let's just do the things to help support that. And so for a little bit, I'm going to make sure that you always eat before you work out and you never drink coffee without a meal. So you're not going to drink it in a fasted state. Like, again, we're just fine tuning. Yeah. It doesn't change. They're more, it doesn't change the actual actions. It just changes the order and the way that they do them. Yeah. And it, it, um, it really, knowing these things about yourself and identifying those markers and how much how much room you do have to play and yeah. how much how much you get to do to change that story is really an act of taking taking your power back yes and really sort of deciding how you want to feel about your story in in the way that you show up to it mm-hmm. but also as a product of it mhm 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a big deal. I mean, it's a really big deal. I think, I think this conversation about getting real with stress and what it actually means and how it can show up in all these, all these different ways. And then also not beating yourself up for thinking that you're doing a really great thing and then finding out, oh, wow, okay, that one doesn't work for me. On to the next thing. Well, and I think that's the big thing is you are, I mean, that's the whole point of what we're teaching in every single program is for you to really step into knowing you best. And it's just, we haven't been given the language of the body and we haven't been taught that everything is connected and we haven't been taught how to look for clues. And that's the work that we are in, in, in this world, right? Is mm-hmm. completely changing mm-hmm. that. But it's, it's really giving yourself the permission right now to be honest with how these routines are serving you or not serving you and then fine tuning. I mean, based on what you're, what you're learning. I mean, there's, we haven't even talked about this yet, but I think this is an important thing to dive into is also the disrupted sleep that people are experiencing Mm. and not knowing what to do about it, except for take melatonin or, you know, so this also plays into that. Yeah. So when we, one of the big reasons why some people may wake up in the night um, and have this disrupted sleep is, well, for starters, sort of that um, adrenal time that you talked about. Your body is just has a hard time downshifting. Um, and of course, all these things are connected. But from the liver standpoint, we talked about the liver and how in charge it is of maintaining that blood sugar level. If your liver is in a stressed state, um, it's going to have a really hard time maintaining your blood sugar. So a healthy, love, a, health, a healthy liver with a good amount of glycogen can maintain your blood sugar for eight to 10 hours, I think around there and and it, it has enough, you know, in its gas tank to do that for you in a healthy state with plenty of glycogen, which is that stored glucose. Um, but a stressed out liver cannot do this. And a really stressed out liver cannot do this for, you know, it might only be able to do it for a few hours for you. So people who wake up, you know, at two or three in the morning, like that's the liver time. But that also tends to be a lot for a lot of people, like five to six hours after dinner and their liver is literally waking them up and being like, I'm hungry, please feed me. Mm. And so, you know, that's not the case for everyone, but, um, for a lot of people it is, Mm -hmm. and they, you just need to give yourself a snack and put yourself back to bed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, that's been something I've been playing with too, is having, you know, there's this um, thing, there's this idea in the natural health world, not idea, but this way of thinking. And again, it may work for some that you shouldn't eat several hours before bed. And that's what I always thought and practiced too. But as I was putting myself in this progressed state of stress because of intermittent fasting and me not noticing that it wasn't working for me. <laughs> it was a total accident cascade of stress. Yeah. I've started having bedtime snacks and um and it's been making me sleep like so well, giving myself that permission to be like um I'm going to have a bowl of really high quality ice cream before I go to bed. <laughs> and I feel like such a kid, but also gosh, in this non-linear sense, it's totally nourishing my inner child too. Yes. <laughs> so. And that is, 
that is the beauty of what I am loving so much about this year together and programs and, and, and in femme is that it's, we are going to all the places, you know, you just mentioned your inner child, like how many times are people thinking about their inner child, even though their inner child is showing up all the time in the way that we respond to life, you know, mm-hmm. all the time in different mm-hmm. scenario where we get triggered and, and it's our inner child that wants to, you know, call in the troops to help help support. Oh, yeah. Uh, call mom and, you know, get somebody on my side as fast as possible or yeah, tell the story of the, of the big scary monster. You know, it's, it's our inner child that comes out all the time, but yet we don't think about it in terms of my inner child really, really, really just wants that little nibble of ice cream right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's so true. And it's like, gosh, you're so right. The inner child is in charge or, okay. So we talk about inner child work and like getting to know the inner child. And I know for a lot of people that's like, who haven't begun that process kind of maybe think that might be weird or why or whatever, but it's what you said is so profound is that the inner child is running much of your life anyway. (laughs) So you might as well get to know them and at least have fun with them and like talk to them when, like (laughs) when you're, doing the happy parts too. Yes. Right. So it's why I have a glitter phone case, you know, it's (laughs) like, what, what's up with your glitter phone case? I'm like, it just makes me happy. And it's like, okay, it's not, it's not this part of me that's making me happy. It's like, it's like my inner child lights up when I get to like play with the glitter on my phone case. Yeah. And I don't go into all of that, of course, but here's what happens when I have little girls in my office and they see my phone case, they're like, this is the coolest phone case ever. And my little, my inner child's like, I know, right? Like, want to get the Barbies out? Like, it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, and I just see that. And yeah, the, the ice cream, like we have such an adult mindset of the ice cream, you know, it's bad. Or we have these, we've drawn the line in the sand of, of what we can do and what we can't do. Well, I can't eat after eight. I heard that on Oprah before. She said, no eating after eight, not even a grape. I literally heard that. And I lived that because I was like, not even a grape, you know, like, and then I'm finally like, what is going like you literally have accepted this one thing to be true for you with no rhyme or reason, like never even intuitively dropping into that. Like, is that for you? Is that an alignment for you? Does that even make sense? And you also always have permission to change and evolve. And in fact, you should be. It's how it's how we're having this conversation right now. Like what used to work for us, mm, we shifted. Yeah. Well, and I love that. I love that you said that too. I think of again our one of our mentors, and it was on the cover of all of our manuals for school that mm. talks about how health is not a flower you pick, it's a path you follow. Mm. And how, you know, health is never a destination or somewhere that you arrive or whatever. It's more about the action of healing and like the path that you do follow. Like sometimes it will be a rocky mountain path and sometimes it will be a meadow of sweet wildflowers. And sometimes you have to like put on some really intense hiking boots and just muck through the mud. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's never, never going to be a destination that you simply arrive at. And we have to have the resilience and the capacity to shift 
and also the humility. Like, <laughs> I know that at least when I started this natural health journey, I was like that. I had things like the grape, right? Like Mm -hmm. you cannot even eat one grape after eight. I had things like that with my families and friends that I would get really intense about. And Mm -hmm. gosh, I've had to peel back so many of those layers Mm -hmm. and admit that I've learned so much more and that I'm still learning that I'm still probably going to be wrong or not wrong, but just different. Um, Yeah. It's, and we are constantly evolving with it because our, our lives are shifting. It's, I wouldn't trade the stress that I went through for anything. And that honestly, you back then, before we were even on each other's team, you had sent me this video that basically said, you know, chasing meaning is far better than avoiding discomfort. I wouldn't change that for anything. We we can't predict what that's going to do or what that's going to look like. I never stopped doing the work. It was mm-hmm. never that we stopped doing the work. It's just, we get to a place where like, I got to fine tune this. I, yeah. I got to fine tune this a little bit. Okay. I'm fine tuning. I'm fine tuning. And then we get going. There's no peak. There's no peak. It's just the beauty of being on this journey that is so darn rewarding. And when you get to places like we, we are in this place now, we are completely different people than we were five years ago. This is constantly changing. We don't care that it took this long for us to get here or this long to take this, this point or to have this conversation or to be in this aha moment. Like because we're in it now. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. People always want to know, well, how long is this going to take me? I can promise you, you won't care. When you, <laughs> care, when you get to this point, you're going to want something more and you're just going to make your best better. And you won't even care that it took mm-hmm. you this long, that I've been on this journey for 14 years. Like, that's so irrelevant. I'm just thankful to be on the journey. I know. Well, and the longer you've been on the journey too, it's a lot like even if you are in like a challenging phase it's a lot easier to be there. Oh yes. You know, yeah. like this I had this this presentation that was in front of us I sort of it knocked me on my butt to to realize that I was still dealing with disordered eating thoughts mm-hmm. or like gosh this acne all over my face again. I mean I I'm 29 years old. <laughs> you know, and so but I was also like goody like okay, I'm going to roll up my sleeves a little bit. <laughs> what can I, what can I find here? Cause I know I'm about to have more tools. And I think you always say, or do you say leveling up? Is that something you say? Yeah. 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 I'm like, Ooh, gosh. Yes. I'm about to level up a bit here. I'm about to level up. I'm about to upgrade my system. And the thing is too, with, with something that you just experienced, we have to experience things to deepen. We have to go through things to to find that contagious energy to to want to soak it up and want to gift it back. And so when things come up, we always know like it's not just for us. It's for us to be a conduit <laughs> to gift others this message. Mm. I always say too, it's like when you're in the work and stuff comes up, you earn that. You earn that. Like mm-hmm. that is for you. It's so radically different from being on the sidelines and having all these things come up and you have no idea what to do with it. And even just thinking about changing something overwhelms you. Like the time to do the work is always now. It's always going to be now and it's never going to stop. There's there like you're always in it. And yeah, you can still have a glass of wine and a cup of ice cream, but you're on the path. Yeah, it's so true. Nothing... 
ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, retracing is one of those things that's the most fascinating, like, aspects of our body. 100%. I, like, live for it. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You really do. I mean, it is amazing how many – because you've had – you've been on such an intense healing journey. I mean, your story is one that has that intense moment, right? Mm. Coming out of it. And then you're going through all these incredible upgrades with, and and some of them have that intensity and you have surrendered over and over and over again. And it is just, I mean, so profound to watch, to watch you do that. I mean, the fact that you left your wheelchair, wheelchair behind, like, yeah. Like you left that in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, like, I think, and I think this will probably sort of contribute to our conversation moving forward, but, you know, this retracing aspect and, and you know, having reverence for my journey and these big moves um, that I'm able to make and just witnessing these things, my favorite part of the work that we do is just seeing what the human body is capable of. And I, you know, I am proud of myself. I'm proud of what my body has done. I'm proud of the work I've put in. And it also shows me like what is capable for like, or like what everybody's body is capable of. Right. So, oh my gosh, that's just what drives me. Like people have no idea you know, when they first start this journey with us, whether it's in femme or the cleansing circle, like I always get so geeked at the beginning of it because I'm like, you are about to find out some really amazing stuff about yourself that you didn't know yesterday. And it's going to be an amazing ride. And it, it, and like we were talking about before, before the show started, I mean, what we're seeing in terms of the people in our community, the women in our community, the upgrades that they're tapping into at hyper speed is something, it is the greatest show I've ever watched. It is chills up and down my body, your body. Like we are just feeling it. Like you said the word awestruck, like I am there with you. Awestruck. Yeah. I mean, I open the fiercely empowered mama page and see all these moments and I, it has me in tears often. Yes. It is. Often. Well, I think that kind of speaks to, and we were speaking about this before we started this recording here, but it really speaks to this whole series of programs that you've decided to do this year. And it's really an infusion of teaching the totality of you. Like a lot of what fires you up has been, I would say, compartmentalized, you know, in the cleansing circle and untethered and fiercely empowered mama. And I know you've expressed it in your podcasts and some of your really awesome masterclasses that you've done so far, but you're, you're showing up with like, oh my gosh, I can't think of another term except guns a blazing, all guns a blazing. I don't know if that's appropriate, oh, I but you know, just like every tool in the toolbox, it's like, okay, thems, we're not here just to talk about your kiddos. Like, let's talk about your stuff too. Yes. And let's dive in. Let's get our hands dirty. Yes. It, and it's, it blows my mind because, you know, just teaching that totality class and, 
you know, really bringing into where we're going in the harmonizer course and honestly where we're going into every single program this year. And then for you to hold up the mirror to me that I didn't even see of, yeah, that's how you're living this year is in, mm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even connect that dot, but I never, I never framed it that way. I, I said it in lots of different ways, but never in that way. And like, it just like hit me like that is this. And what, what we're seeing happen is it's giving women instant permission to go all the places. Like there's no more like, here's your pass for this ride and here's your pass for this ride. It's like, let's get on the joy ride. Like we're all just loading up. We're mm-hmm. going- mm-hmm. Incredible. I Absolutely. love that visual. <laughs> we're all just loading up for the joy ride. We're all just loading up. And there might be some bumps and whatnot, but heck. Uh, well, I could obviously talk to you forever. Um, but anything that we want to leave everybody with as we wrap this up? Well, gosh, I mean, everything. (laughs) I don't know. I think, I think, you know, I know lots of our femmes listen into, to these podcasts. And I know there's lots of people who are in the programs who listen to these podcasts and, and whatnot. But I think the, the biggest thing is I want to see these conversations keep on going. Mm -hmm. I want to see them continue to go and sign harmonize her. And, you know, we have the cleansing circle coming up and, um, and those spaces are really the spaces to have these conversations. Like I want to know about who this podcast touches, you know, I want to know that story and the things we unpacked today in this podcast, that was my story. And like we said, there's we really honor honor bio individuality in, in what we love to do, um, but yeah, I want to hear more stories. I want to I want to to see the thought process that mm-hmm. these women have with us about just finding those corners of themselves that they maybe didn't didn't know of before. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long would answer just to say like, come join us on the adventure. <laughs> I really just want to be your cheerleader, basically. <laughs> you like you serve so big and you serve so well and like it is the most beautiful extension of this work that people also get to work with you through our programs I mean if, you, if you've never emailed us before Hillary is for the most part who, who's going to respond back and you know I poke in there every now and then I, I promise to stay out of the support email but I just I poke in there and I just every time I read her response it's like the integrity, the way that you show up, like you have so much love for the women that we serve. And Mm. I just, I appreciate that so much and they feel that. And I think that's what helps to make what we're doing so incredibly profound is because everyone's safe here. Like there is no wrong place to be at where you start, you start where you start. And we are just so freaking proud that you're starting. Like, let's go. Like, I love when people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm so glad you said that. Like, yeah. let's, okay, we're going to all get on the same page now. Like, everybody has a place here. The only thing that we, we ask of you is to have a desire of where you want to go mm. and or at least desire to have desire, right? Like, yeah, yes. At least knowing that what, where you are isn't serving you and you want more and you, you want to get on that path. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's just every single story that we've 
ever come into contact with is important and is impactful. And gosh, I just, I want to be a witness to all of them, (laughs) you know, and I'm also really grateful for, you know, being able to share a bit of mine. So we need a part two and a part three and a part four, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. Yeah. I just love it. I just love it. Well, thank you so much, woman. I so appreciate you and all the things. Enjoy the mountains. Oh, yes. I can't wait to bring you back. Yes. I can't wait to come back. Yay. All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely. Cheers to you for seeking truth and fiercely awakening.